0: money fm eighty nine point three best of prime time
1: market view on money fm eighty nine point three we are going to talk about the strong start to the year of the tiger for some of the markets here in the asia pacific, judging by how markets, especially here in singapore, have actually done the worst may indeed be all over, but again, as always, more questions and answers perhaps for investors here and across the region. Well, today to help us make sense of all of this, we're joined today on Money FM 89.3 by Ms. Jessica Amir, who is an Australian market strategist at Saxo. She joins us all the way from Sydney to help us make sense of all of these moves that are now shaping how markets are entering the new Lunar New Year in. Um, Ms. Amir, thank you so much for joining today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still in good health and safe during these uncertain times. And welcome to the show and good afternoon to you.
0: Thanks, John. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on
1: all right. So as we mentioned, I'll just go straight into how markets are reacting. We are seeing that the ASX 200 today in Australia has taken a bit of a step back, but we've noticed that some markets mm. seem to be rebounding after those rather bleak weeks. And the big question a lot of investors are asking now is, could the worst be over? And might this be one of the more short-lived corrections that markets have yet faced?
0: Oh, yeah. So many uh, so many questions. <laughs> well, there's so much going on. It's just a matter of... indeed where to look. So um, we're in the middle of uh, reporting season in the US and absolutely uh, kicked off reporting season in Australia as well locally. But I think for the most part, we did see US equities rally for the fourth day. The futures are pointing to a negative open tonight and that's on the back of Spotify and Meta uh, mm. reporting negative reports. But for the most part, John, uh, what has supported the I I will say perhaps short-lived rebound that we've seen is uh, mostly better than expected earnings. And um, when I say uh, mostly better than expected earnings, John, we've heard from probably about half of the S&P 500 companies now so far, Mm -hmm. and most have beaten expectations, which supports share price growth. So specifically, we've seen about of those about 250 companies, 17% on average have reported sales growth. And we've also seen average uh, earnings growth of 30% as well. So that is supporting, I guess, investors by the dip. But we are seeing um, a bit of caution as well come into markets but I guess if you scratch beneath the surface you can really see who are the movers and shakers um, and this earnings season we've seen our um, industrial companies report the strongest earnings growth so Alaska Air, American Airlines, United Delta energy companies have also reported uh, stronger than expected earnings. So ExxonMobil reported 83% sales growth. So I guess that kind of paints a picture of what we're expecting in Australia as well. But uh, I guess our market is stalling because uh, we're uh, the market is a little bit defensive, perhaps sitting on the edge, waiting to see how traders will digest the the news or if, uh, I guess we can expected results from some of the tech giants.
1: Let's uh, stay on the uh, outlook, at least for central banks across the world and everybody really talking about the Fed's tighter moves. And one of the fears or or concerns that markets had is how closely other central banks might follow in lockstep. Now, the last couple of days have been interesting When you look at Australian central bank policy, Governor Philip Lowe deciding to stay pat and looking more dovish as compared to some of his G10 counterparts. But recently, he also brought up that should push come to shove, they are not going to hesitate to try and tighten policy to head off any of these inflationary pictures. For investors outside looking in, are there certain realities in Australia that are causing the RBA to be a little less hawkish as compared to their counterparts across the world. And what do you make of those recent comments that may see him walking back some of of that dovishness over the last couple of days?
0: Yeah, I think um, last week, uh, John, we had one of Australia's hottest inflationary reads. So inflation hit a full 10-year peak. And what we saw was uh, petrol prices actually rose 33% year on year to the December quarter. However, yesterday and the day before, the RBA Governor Philip Lowe came out and said that he's expecting inflation to peak and petrol prices to peak over the next couple of quarters. So, Th- that's that's that, and I think our investors need to prepare for that. And we are definitely seeing that because we are seeing investors favour and buy into energy companies, and also take long positions on oil as well, with bets on that the oil price could hit a hundred dollars. But pivoting back to what the RBA governor has said, I think it's really important to to reinforce that the reason he's being more dovish, I guess, than a lot of the other central bank leaders is because he actually wants to see stability inflation before any move of making rates higher. So yes, inflation uh, it is very hot. So inflation is 3.5%. So that's above the RBA's target of 2 to 3% inflation. So yeah, it's it's hurting households. I mean, for Aussies in Australia, we're seeing uh, meat prices at records, so poultry prices are at records, so chicken prices when you fill up at the bowser, uh, petrol prices are a record all-time high. So, you know, looking at the uh, the Federal Reserve stance, they want to decrease inflationary pressures, but the RBA governor is adamant that inflation will cool down. Philip Lowe has said that inflation is really just being heightened at the moment, John, because of uh, supply chain risks. We're seeing that there's a huge lack of supply in the oil market. So just specifically on that, um, your listeners might be aware that um, most of the OPEC producing countries actually can't meet their quotas to produce oil on a daily and monthly basis. And John, this is causing like a huge lack of supply in oil. Not only that, but some of the big oil companies around the world are actually finding it harder to build and expand and get approval for new oil projects. The reason for that, uh, the world's pivoting to ESG. But look, taking a step back to what we were saying about the RBA governor, he's saying because of all of this higher petrol prices, higher prices on shelves for consumers, that will be short-lived. As such, rates will likely remain on hold. However, (laughs) the RBA governor came out yesterday saying if um, everything calms down and if inflation stabilises, then it could potentially rise rates this year. And as such, our market is pricing in for rate rises this year. So, a bit of a chalk and cheese uh, mm. moment, I guess, going on, if you will. So, the RBA saying one thing and markets pricing in another. So, I guess we'll have to wait and see as time goes on.
1: So how is this informing your outlook now for the overall ASX 200? Now, on one hand, banks and cyclicals could benefit from these rising rates, but we also have to remember that Australia uh, actually has a significant tech sector as well, th- as well that might be vulnerable. And also, mm. despite the fact that oil prices are rising, there could be a possible blunt to commodity-linked stocks if the dollar gets stronger. Get- share us mm. your out- overall outlook for where the index down in Sydney might actually head.
0: Uh, good question. So I guess at the moment, uh, just looking what's imminently in front of us. So we've got earnings season. For the most part, earnings in the US are up in the order of about 30% for the quarter, which which has supported that little, that little, I guess, a bounce back, if you will, that we've seen uh, in the NASDAQ and the S&P pivoting to Australia. We're not expecting as much earnings growth uh, in the ASX 200, John. So we're expecting about 13% earnings growth this year. Remember uh, last year, um, I know that probably sounds a bit weak, last mm-hmm. year earnings uh, Earnings growth was about 30%. So, yeah, it's a far cry from where we were 12 months ago. But, scratching to the surface, as you said, the commodities, uh, interestingly, they've more so um, been the leaders of where the best performance has been, actually. In the ASX 200 and the S&P 500 this year. So just looking at the screen now, this year uh, we're seeing oil stocks uh, make some of the best gains year to date in the ASX 200 as well as in the U.S. in the S&P 500. So I I think we're seeing commodities play a bit of a safe haven role. So that's for oil, um, and we are expecting commodity sector to be supported. So not just um, iron ore, but other industrial metals like uh, copper as well as aluminium, and that's because um, China's central bank cut interest rates for the third time this year, which is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And they also introduced or kickstarted 3 trillion won infrastructure projects. Of course, for that, they need iron ore, iron ore being the key ingredient in steel. So we do see further support in industrial and metal commodities, and that is supporting the strength of stocks in those sectors. Uh, We are seeing iron ore majors be supported as well. So BHP, Rio, Fortescue Metals. So their shares are bouncing off lows. So all of their shares were in a bear market after China announced last year that they were going to pivot to being carbon neutral by 2060. Uh, So we're starting to see iron ore miners make a very strong comeback this year globally Uh, not just in Australia as well. So going forward, uh, I guess, just to summarise, yes, we are expecting the Aussie share market to, I guess, pretty much plateau for the rest of the year. But we'll just have to see how the earnings season unravels, because ultimately that will depend what the growth trajectory is like. And then, of course, we need to think about interest rates as well. Should the RBA governor come out and change their rhetoric, that will put a step or change into things and also the US Federal Reserve as well. I think for the most part commodities uh, it's good to see that uh, investors are really using them as a hedge at the moment uh, when most global markets are down and then the other thing is that we are seeing in some investors buy into the tech dip so tech stocks they make up a pretty small part of the Aussie share market. The biggest part of the Aussie share market is the iron ore majors and secondly banks. But the tech stocks of Australia, they're actually down 30% from their highs. So they've taken a huge hit. I guess, really, if you are looking for opportunities, it really pays to scratch under the surface. And where are those opportunities? Well, they're in the big caps within the tech sector itself. So companies that I think look interesting, and the market thinks are interesting. The companies like uh, who are profitable, uh, WiseTech and REA, and these are Australia's biggest tech stocks. If you take out Square, which just recently listed, so uh, yeah, I think it's really important to just, you know scratch beneath the surface, really.
1: All right, uh, Jessica Amir, Australian market strategist for Saxo. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to join us today. On Money FM 89.3 here in Singapore. Jessica, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. And we look forward to next time you can join us in the show. Meanwhile, stay safe and we hope you have a great rest of the week out in Sydney.
0: Thanks so much, John. Take care.
1: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.